This is Digital Lee from Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock. I'm David Schifrin. Twice a month, we highlight the headlines, platforms, and best practices in digital and social media that healthcare organizations need to keep up and better yet, get ahead. Today, we've got a story on using YouTube to connect with patients and work towards health equity, the value of YouTube as a platform for healthcare providers, and for our tip of the day, it's Twitter and LinkedIn polls. All right, so news theme of the day is from an article in uh, Business Insider uh, a couple weeks ago titled, This Doctor Says YouTube is a Crucial Way That She Connects With Patients. Here is why. So with that clickbait headline, the point is that Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick works very, she's working in um, underserved communities uh, trying to improve access and health equity and has found that YouTube is a powerful tool in, in, in approaching that work. So Lee, what, um, what was your take when you saw uh, YouTube as being a, a platform for health equity? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think health equity and just general health information for people, cause we're talking about doctors are the voice that are, that's well respected. The fact that it says MD behind their name, that this, as people are not are trying to sort out what should I believe, what should I know. What I've found in my in my career at Mayo Clinic was that sometimes even the longer videos that were going into more depth on a topic could be among the most valuable ones because they're really reaching people at their moment of need. They're give, giving them that in-depth information that they really need about their condition. And so being able to address commonly held questions and beliefs and being able to address them authoritatively is just a, it's a, it's a great scalable way to reach a lot more people who maybe don't, maybe wouldn't even come into the doctor's office um, regularly, but they find someone with whom they identify, with whom they resonate, that they, they build up some trust. And it's a great way to get some um, health, good health messages to people who maybe otherwise wouldn't darken the door of a, of a, of an office of a medical office. Lee, let's, let's keep going with something that you mentioned the, the value of the in-depth medical information, because that runs a little bit counter to so much of the marketing and communications and social media and digital principles that everybody's talking about, where attention spans are shorter than ever, blah, blah, blah. You got to keep it tight. What are you seeing when it comes to in-depth? How far can you go with that before you start to lose people? Yeah, I mean, attention spans are shorter when it's something like a public health message, because if it's something that's intended at a really mass audience, but when you get a particular kind of sick, you're, that's all you care about. Like that's something that you really want that you'd really like to hear from someone who knows about how do I deal with acne or how do I deal with some other um, condition that's that's affecting me that's of particular uh, concern to me. So the beauty of YouTube in that way is the the place where people can have essentially unlimited time to follow a bunny trail of, of information that relates to what they're interested in. And YouTube also serves up related videos on, on those topics. So I think you can, I mean, one of the better videos that we had in my Mayo Clinic days was 10 minutes on a particular kind of cancer, a blood cancer. And it, it got tens of thousands of views. It wasn't millions of views. It wasn't like funny cat video territory, but it was, it was the right kind of people. They were the, the right people who really had that as an interest or their family members. 
and help them to better understand their condition. So that's a it's a perfect segue into the second part of this, which is uh, looking at YouTube as a search engine. And so not just thinking about YouTube and kind of the the news and trends, but also as the platform that we want to focus on here. YouTube is owned by Google, of course, and it is a massive, massive search engine. I believe it's the second largest in the world. So when you're in Lee, you just mentioned the ability to serve up related uh, videos, related content to whatever you happen to have pulled up uh, in your initial search. So what, because it's such a powerful place for people to go and look for information, what should providers be thinking about in terms of their their strategy around using video and YouTube in particular to make sure that they're serving up the content that people need, you know, where they where they're looking for it? I think one of the keys with YouTube is to be sure that you're you effectively using your titles and your descriptions, putting in captioning as you can, both for accessibility with ADA compliance, but also then because it makes it easier and gives more terms to be found within search. So titles and tags and descriptions. And then, yeah, just recognizing that it's the number two search engine owned by the number one search engine. So you when you're searching on Google one of the tabs is videos. <laughs> and for some things, the first thing that's going to show up is a video. And and it's often geographically contextualized as well. So some of the things that may be nearby would, would show up. So there's just some geographic preference with it. I think you just need to think of it to be sure that you are not only communicating to humans in the video, but communicating to the algorithm by how you tag and describe and title your videos. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Let's move on to the tip of the day, and we are going to switch platforms here and look at LinkedIn and Twitter polls. So I've been seeing more and more of this. I think maybe it's died off a little bit over the last couple of months, kind of tail end of the summer of 2021, but lots of organizations and lots of people posting quick polls on particularly LinkedIn, also seen on Twitter. And I think overall, I've just anecdotally, I've seen this coming more from the the marketing and business people in my network than the the healthcare provider folks. But that said, I think we all have seen those. We've all probably responded to them. Some of them are goofy. Some of them are a little bit more serious. I guess the simple question is, is that a useful tool for healthcare providers to be considering? Or is it just yet another social media digital fad that's going to be gone in six minutes and we'll forget about by New Year's? Yeah, I think there, I mean, it all, it all does depend on what you're trying to accomplish. And I've seen some people use them for education where there is actually a right answer to the questions, like putting up a quiz and then they'll do a follow-up with, so here was the right answer and where they can use it as in that educational perspective. I think it's the engagement and interaction. I mean, Twitter does not represent the world. Okay. It's a subset. <laughs> of, hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Whoa. Twitter. Back up. <laughs> Twitter Twitter is Twitter opinions especially those who are there's a great minority or a vast vast minority which seems oxymoronic to say that but it's a distinct minority of people who do so much of the posting and they aren't necessarily reflecting the rest of uh, the user base and Twitter users in themselves are like the, it's a distinct subset of 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 the country of the world. And so even Twitter poll isn't going to, still isn't going to 
necessarily reflect or certainly we can't rely on it as a as a scientific representation of what people really think however probably you get more engagement among the regular lurkers on on social media and on twitter in a twitter poll compare because it's anonymous because people can vote what they really think versus what they are supposed to think because if you reply to a or comment then your name is traced to what you're saying versus on Twitter, the poll responses are anonymous. So it's, I think, again, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, it can be, it, it can be helpful. I also think that LinkedIn polls are probably more reliable because they're less susceptible to some kind of an organized, okay, somebody put up a poll and I'm going to torch them with the answer that they didn't want because that'll that has been known to happen definitely on twitter for sure all right i think we can call it good there 